Hey there, you are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number 38, Create Your State, Part 2. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. everybody. Welcome to the podcast this week. I am just going to jump right in. This episode is going to piggyback a little onto some of the things I talked about last week about creating our emotional state. And I've been thinking a lot about this because there have been some situations in my life and in my business recently where this skill has really come in handy. And I know it sounds kind of dramatic to say, oh, this changed my life. But honestly, learning the tools of mind management, of emotional management is huge. And they are tools that can be used to create the results you want really in any area of your life. I was on a consult with a woman today who was asking about life coaching and about the kind of theories and tools and kind of the purpose behind it. And she asked, so do these tools that you teach apply to everything? Like, can it be for any problem someone's having? And I said, yeah, the tools, the concepts, they're universal. And that's what many people see is that they come to coaching with one problem or challenge they want to address, um, say weight loss, for example. And then they start to realize that the same principles can apply in other areas of their lives, like in their marriage or family relationships or something going on at work or at church. And so I told this woman I was talking with that my goal when working with my clients is to teach them how to use these tools to coach themselves. It's always great to have a coach. I have a coach. I love having a coach. And she is there to help me with the stuff that I'm not really seeing on my own. We all have that stuff, right? But there is so much in my day-to-day life, so many little aha moments and insights I've had, and so many problems I've been able to solve through my own self-coaching. So needless to say, I am a firm believer in the tools and concepts I teach you here. And everything I share, everything I talk about on this podcast, I have used and applied in my own life. And the same is true for the concept of creating your state. And I think this is especially important in our world today. We have so many things vying for our attention, trying to influence us, and all of these voices, all of this chatter, right? It can become overwhelming at times if we don't take control of how it's impacting us. We can't always choose our circumstances. We can't really ever control what the people in our lives are going to do or say or believe Although we sure try sometimes, don't we? (laughs) This concept of agency is so interesting because it applies so universally to everyone, which means that sometimes, or a lot of the time, people are going to do or say or think things that we don't agree with, that um, we think are wrong even. And so our opportunity in those situations isn't to try to control them, right? But to decide how we are going to respond and who we are going to be in that situation. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to the last episode, um, I kind of go into depth there about what it means to create your state. But after I published it last week, um, more thoughts kept coming to my mind. So I thought we'd do a little follow-up episode today to maybe give you a little more understanding about why knowing how to decide what emotions we want to feel in a given situation is so important and so powerful. So I was reading a book called the other day called 100 Ways to Motivate Yourself by Steve Chandler, and he shared this little anecdote that I thought fit in perfectly with what um, I was teaching you last week. It kind of helps drive home the importance of our inner emotional state. So here you go. It's kind of a long quote, but stay with me. (laughs) He said, when I am happy, I see the happiness in others. When I am compassionate, I see the compassion in other people. When I am full of energy and hope, I see opportunities all around me. 
But when I am angry, I see other people as unnecessarily testy. When I am depressed, I notice that people's eyes look sad. When I am weary, I see the world as boring and unattractive. Who I am is what I see. If I drive into Phoenix and complain, what a crowded, smog-ridden place this is. I'm really expressing what a crowded, smog-ridden mess I am at the moment. If I had been feeling motivated that day and full of hope and happiness, I could just as easily have said while driving into Phoenix, wow, what a thriving, energetic metropolis this is. Again, I would have been describing my inner landscape, not Phoenix's. And then he makes this powerful statement, our self-motivation suffers most from how we choose to see the circumstances in our lives. That's because we don't see things as they are, we see things as we are. And as soon as I read um, this, I thought about a sweet young woman in my ward. She's actually out on a mission now. She's one of my daughter's good friends. But she got up one Sunday, this was a few years ago, to share her testimony. And at one point, I remember her saying, I just love this ward. It's the friendliest ward. And this girl is one of those people who is just like a little ray of sunshine. She always has been. And when she said that, I remember thinking, huh because that is not how I felt about our ward at the time. I'd been through some things that honestly um, had kind of made me feel like our ward was far from friendly, and I thought it was so interesting that she saw it completely differently than I did. And as I thought about it more, um, it occurred to me that this girl was a really friendly person and that she was getting out of our ward exactly what she was putting into it, which meant that I was getting out of our ward exactly what I was putting into it. Both of our inner states acted as a lens through which we saw our ward. And in that moment, they were very different lenses. So has this ever happened to you? It's definitely happened to me many times throughout my life. I can walk into a situation and experience it in completely different ways, depending on my inner emotional state. And I know I talk about church a lot. That seems to be something that comes up a lot for many of my clients. And it's not really surprising. I think there's a lot of things going on right now that can make it kind of a hard place to be. So for many years, I walked into church um, feeling insecure and lonely and judged and even insignificant. Um, For many, many years, those were my default emotions, and I felt very justified in them. I had great reasons, I told myself, even reasons that other people agreed with me on. And my experience at church was completely filtered through those emotions. When I was feeling insecure, I worried even more about what other people thought, and I held back out of fear that I wasn't good enough. When I felt lonely, I turned inward. I felt sorry for myself. I saw that everyone else had a friend, and I just didn't fit in. And so I wasn't really open to opportunities to make my own connections with others. When I felt judged, I became more judgmental of others, and I was really hyper-aware of ways that other people might be judging and disapproving of me. And when I felt insignificant, I kind of just questioned the point of even being there. Did anybody even really care? And so you can see how my inner emotional state was creating the way I was experiencing my circumstances. So when I learned this concept of creating my emotional state, I thought, wow, church would be the perfect place for me to experiment with this. And I have had so many opportunities to practice creating my state at church. And it started out with me just noticing the emotion that was coming up, those negative survival brain emotions, those are hard to ignore, right? Um, And then I would just kind of take that emotion and try to get to the thought that was causing it. 
And it was interesting because it took some digging to get to it sometimes because I'd been experiencing the emotion for so long that it just seemed like it was church that caused it, right? I'd walk into the building and immediately feel lonely or insignificant or whatever it was going on for me that day. And so when I could explore that a little and ask myself, where was this emotion really coming from? It was easier to see, okay, it's my thinking about a particular situation that maybe happened years ago, right? That initially created this emotional response for me. So awareness and then acceptance. Yes, I understand why I'm feeling this. And then I have the choice to think and feel something different if I want to. A little side note here. You don't have to change anything you don't want to. You can feel however you want. I had gotten to the place personally, however, that I was tired of feeling this way at church. And I knew that the only person that I had the power to change was myself. For a very long time, I had prayed for circumstances to change so that I could feel better. But one day I kind of had this realization that God wasn't really into constantly changing our circumstances to what we think is best or what we want, right? That would be what we refer to nowadays as helicopter parenting. But our Heavenly Father is in the business of changing us, right? Of helping us learn to grow and step into our own power. And I really believe that there were some important things I had to learn about myself and about others and that God was showing me, you know, where my real power was, how to use um, my agency. So I'd gotten to the point where I was tired of not liking church, of feeling all these negative feelings all the time. It just was not fun. And I did make the decision that, yeah, church is where I want to be. I want to make this work. And all these emotions that I felt just seemed so real and so ingrained in me and like they were absolutely caused by the external people and circumstances around me. All of a sudden, um, though, I realized that they were optional. I saw so clearly that I had a choice of how I was going to feel at church without anyone else changing or doing something differently. No one told me that I had to change, but I was tired of carrying this burden. And I decided there was more for me than I was getting out of my experience at church. So I had to make a decision about how I wanted to feel at church and what I needed to think and believe about myself and others if I was going to create that. And this certainly did not come easy. This has been one of the biggest wrestles of my life. Those new thoughts were a challenge. Finding thoughts that I could believe and that resonated with me, it really turned into a matter of very intentional prayer to get thoughts that worked for me. And it took lots of practice once I, once I got those thoughts, right? Redirecting my mind when it wanted to slip back into the past habits of thinking. So yes, it took effort. Yes, it took patience. Yes, it took persistence. But it has been so worth it. And it's been a really amazing experience to sit back and kind of look at the difference that it's made for me in how I experience being at church and who I am when I'm there. And that, my friends, is true freedom. It's what Viktor Frankl was referring to when he said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So I invite you to think for a minute about what areas of your life would benefit from you practicing creating your state. Uh, Maybe when you're sitting in traffic, maybe when you're dealing with a difficult situation at work, Maybe when your kids are making decisions that go against what you believe is right. Maybe when you're working on new goals or trying to get the courage to go out and do something you've never done before. Your emotions matter. It's not that we're out to feel good about everything all the time, right? Some things we don't necessarily want to feel good or happy or peaceful about. That's not the goal. 
but be aware of how your emotions are affecting your overall state, right? And make a conscious decision about whether this is a road you want to keep going down. If it is, great. If not, just know that you have the power to change it if you choose. Okay, I hope this was helpful and thank you so much for listening. If you have questions or if you'd like more information about how to work with me, head over to my website at annettejoneslifecoaching.com and sign up for a free consult. I'd love to talk with you and answer any questions you have about anything you hear on this podcast. All right, have a great week, everybody, and I will see you next time. If you like what you hear on this podcast and would like to learn more, I invite you to go to my website at annettejoneslifecoaching.com. There you can sign up for a free mini session where I'll help you see how the tools I teach on this podcast can be applied directly to your own personal challenges. You can also find information on classes I teach and get on my email list for a weekly dose of inspiration straight to your inbox. Again, that's AnnetteJonesLifeCoaching.com. I'll see you there.